or the last uh, passage that we went through was the ending of John 9. And uh, the context of John 9 doesn't really matter here, but I still want to say it. So uh, John 9 is about Jesus healing a blind man, making him see. There's some discourse with the Pharisees and the blind man as well. Um, and Jesus heals him. He can see discourse with the Pharisees, and it's essentially a story of how Jewish people should come to faith in Christ. So it starts with the blind man not knowing Jesus. Jesus heals him and tells him to go wash his, his face in a pool called Siloam. And then he is uh, talking to the Pharisees, kind of like defending Jesus, and then ultimately he accepts Jesus Christ. So John is writing to a Jewish audience, and that's kind of the way they would go for Jewish people, is that uh, you'd hear him as a prophet, then you'd defend him, and then you would admit to him as Christ after seeing the works of Christ. That is John 9. There is too much context to get into for the rest of John beforehand. Uh, so uh, we'll just keep on moving. We'll just keep on marching along. So I will read our passage Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice." I gotta take a sip of water. Alright. Stranger, they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the strangers. Uh, who, whose mic is doing that? Alright, it's fine. Busted. <laughs> Busted mic. Uh, so, a stranger, they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they uh, that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. I am yeah, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd." For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is possessed by a demon can a demon open the eyes of the blind all right fun stuff so uh let's just start out with verse one truly truly i say to you he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way that man is a thief and a robber uh before we necessarily get into that What's up, Bradley? Yo. Hey, my co-host, who is also co was in the call, is now here. Uh, this is a distraction. Sorry. Why don't you grab that Sorry. chair real quick, yes. and, and I can get you in on this. He's one of my good friends. He's one of the dudes who started this Bible study with me. Uh, he abandoned me because he had more important things to do, i.e. work. Yeah, so we are starting that. Or Now he's here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, you'll get used to it. All right, so some context of uh, verses um, about sheep. 
the Lord is a shepherd. Uh, I kind of have some verses here that illustrate the Lord being the shepherd in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Uh, starting, I'm just going to pound off this list and just go through it. Genesis 48:15, And he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day. Genesis 49:24. Yet his bow remained unmoved, his arms were made agile by the hands of the one mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd and the, the stone of Israel. Uh, okay. I definitely need, like, another mod in here to, like, look at stuff while stuff's happening, but we'll bear through currently. Yeah. Um, Psalm 23.1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 28.9, oh, save your people and your blessings, your heritage, be their shepherd and carry them forever. Psalm 78.52, then he led out his people like a sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. Psalm 81, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim shine forth. We're almost done. We've only got a couple more verses to do. Uh, Isaiah 40, 11, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with the young. Um... Jeremiah 31.10, Hear the Lord of Israel, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he, is, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as his shepherd keeps his flock. Uh, Ezekiel 34.11-6, through 6, uh, For thus says the Lord, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep. That have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness, and I will bring them out uh, from the people and gather them from the countries, and will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There shall lie down in good grazing land. They shall lie. There they shall lie down. Sorry, words are not the best right now um in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of israel i myself being i myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and i myself will make them lie down declares the lord god i will seek the lost and i will bring back the stray the strayed and i will bind up the injured and i will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong i will destroy i will i will feed them in justice that's all the Old Testament stuff. Now let's look at two examples from the New Testament, or three examples from the New Testament. This is going to be a lot shorter. Now many, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant. That is Hebrews 3.20, uh, 1 Peter 5.4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And finally, Revelation 7.17, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to the springs of living water uh, god will wipe away every tear from their eyes so to the mo the more applicable ones if you wanted to choose one from each category the new testament would be revelation 7 17 and the old testament would be ezekiel 34 11 through 16 that's very applicable to what we're talking about today so i did all of that just to kind of show how um just how the shepherd is described or the Lord is described as a shepherd consistently throughout the Bible. It's not just in this place. It's not just a once in a time thing. This is a consistent theme. Yes, I said Hebrews 3.20 and I can post these notes after so you can find all the verse uh, that I wrote down and stuff like that. So that's the shepherd stuff. Now, let's get back into this. You got anything to comment about that? Are you feeling? I'm ready to chat. <clears throat> okay, um, read the chat and let me know if anything. Sorry, yeah. Okay, good. I'm just glad to be. Uh, that's that's good. That's I fun. I also can't hear any. Of, I don't even know if anyone's. No one's talking. Most. It's okay, it's insanely quiet for how many people are in Perfect, here. Thank you all so much. I, well, I make it. Oh, bad. someone said. Wait. What? Okay, let's oh. continue. How many people in here? What's up? 
Hey, we're being quiet right now, Jack Jack. Now's quiet time. I am so sorry. No, that's fine. Pastor you you just join. What? Wait, what is this? What happened? Just kidding. Who are you talking I'm co -host, to? So, you know. Oh, I'm listening. I don't have earbuds. Oh, okay. Through my phone. Okay. Let's start. Um, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep will hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So, there, there I'm actually going to keep reading. There's a overall theme of this uh, portion. Um, when he brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used, but they didn't understand. Okay. So, um, there is, uh, we obviously are the sheep here, right? I, I hope everyone understands that the, the Lord is our shepherd and we are the sheep. This is talking about a lot about salvation and how we obtain that. So when Christ says later in this that he is the doorway, he is the, the sheep gate, or what it, the sheepfold is what it's called, um, we have to go through Christ in order to get salvation. There's no other way. And Christ, or the Lord, who is the shepherd, comes in, all right, you're grabbing stuff. Uh, the Lord of the Shepherd, he is the one who calls us by name. The fall, these false teachers, uh, uh, robbers and thieves, are not people who call us by name. They are not the ones who truly save us. This is not to say that, um, that we should ignore false teaching, that we should neglect the call that we have to discern against it mainly in mark 13 22 and second timothy uh, 4 2 through 5 i'm not going to read those aloud because i've already read so much but this is you want to hand me my gator i can grab it um so this is setting up all of that this is showing kind of who the sheep are who the sheep shouldn't trust uh who the sheep should trust but if this is unclear then you're set because guess what other people didn't understand it so jesus explains it again in a deeper sense verse six this figure of speech jesus used with them but they did not understand what he was saying um so let's keep reading jesus said to them truly truly i say to you i am the door of the sheep so important thing i want to point out here and this is something that has happened before in john mainly in john six uh, that is happening again. It's kind of hard to notice, but the particular I am language, whenever you find the I am language in the New Testament or in the Old Testament, that is like, uh, think of Exodus and the burning bush. That is signifying deity. That is signifying godhood. I am. You find that so frequently in John. Yeah, Yahweh. Yeah. Sorry, I am, interrupt you. No, you're fine. You are perfectly fine as long as 30 people don't interrupt me. Yahweh. Yahweh, yeah. yeah. Yahweh Elohim. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yahweh. So, Yahweh. no chance. Winston. That was Winston, right? Do I recognize Winston's voice? Yeah, I do, you coward. Yeah, you All do. right. There is a lot of people in this chat, dude. I'm glad oh, that. Okay, hold on, hold on. We are not derailing. <laughs> Calm down. So, I know. I'm just glad that. Uh, Nick or Mr. Homeless was able to reach out to so many people. Yeah, it's very cool. Definitely Sorry to interrupt your sermon. No, you're fine. It's not a sermon. It's about to turn into a discussion really soon. Kind of. So, a discussion nah. between. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I have a couple of questions if you don't mind me asking. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, this is actually a pretty doctrine? good stopping point. Go with your questions. Alrighty. What's your doctrine? Uh, like, in terms of like, like my denomination. Okay, so I uh, don't don't get out your pitchforks. Don't get out your your torches. I'm not, no, I'm not uh, that type of person. I uh, I'm a Reformed Baptist, which I'm very Calvinistic. Uh, pre ordained salvation. Uh, just standard tulip. 
total depravity, unconditional election, uh, what's limited. limited atonement, irresistible grace, perseverance of the saints, all all that stuff. That that is what I am personally coming from. I am not trying to necessarily interject that into the teaching because it will come up. It is going to come up in a bit, but well, I'm it's, just it's in the Bible. Yeah, I mean, I'm just reading it as just a Bible believer. This now, is just how... What, what kind of Bible are you reading? ESV, currently. ESV? Mm-hmm. That's one of the... Yeah, okay, that's good. That's one of the more accurate versions. I, I'm obviously... I'm, uh, when it comes to Bibles, I'm one of those KJV-only guys. Uh, I see. I love Old English, too. But that's not yeah, important. Yeah, Although if if you're not if you don't want to read the KJV, I recommend the ESV or the New American Standard Version. Yeah, New American Standard Bible. Wait, uh, NASB is also good. I'm not sure if that's the one that you're abbreviating. abbreviating that's the one I'm trying. So when when trying. talking about yeah, biblical one. translations, there's two methods of going about it. It means uh, essentially paraphrasing or like direct word for word translation. The complete opposite on the end of the spectrum from the ESV and the NASB is something like the message, where it's like just large chunks of paraphrasing, paraphrasing like chapters, whereas NASB, ESV, that's pretty much word for word. Then you have NIV, which is kind of like in the middle almost, where it's like paraphrasing, but still kind of doing stuff. So well, that the reason... Do you mind if I interrupt you? Well, uh, we don't have to go into all of this. I just saw someone asking accurate word for like all, all that stuff. So I'm just saying, uh, all, I was just clarifying that. I don't want this to be a topic be about all, Bible yeah, translations. We'll be here all night. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I'll just yeah. say, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just a KJB guy because it's, I just believe it's an accurate translation. All right. Let's stop right there. All right. So you mind if I talk about, you mind if I talk about my doctrine? Uh, we could, it depends. Is it relevant to the text? Uh, we're talking about the burning bush and how that shows that God is God. Well, I was just I referencing just that. Good. Saad said maybe after. Yeah, maybe, <coughs> maybe, maybe after. So Alrighty. I was just referencing that, but this is a, definitely a good point to stop and ask, is there any questions about what was kind of laid out? with the uh, robber and the thief, what gatekeeper is, uh, just what's being said. Is everyone kind of like up to speed and understanding what's happening? Or does anyone want to add onto it? It is kind of a discussion. Remember to be wary of other people speaking. Uh, what would will... be a real life example or analogy of sneaking in the back or climbing in by some other way? Um literally discord as a platform i guess so like it's it's it, like it's just a thief like i don't know someone breaks in your back door um, and takes your stuff that that's like what that is but this stuff is the property of god we are the children of god uh but i think it's definitely well, uh, shepherd and the gatekeeper yes now do you believe that Oh, okay, this is related, I think. I'm sorry, I don't know what... Are we in any spe specific scripture? Yeah. Yeah, we're in John 10, 1 through 21. Okay, let me get my Bible. Okay. And what I think of what I meant by the thief type, it's more of less the people who claim that they're Christian, and they, they, they claim that they follow Christ, but really they're just following other people, but they're not really accepting Christ into their life type of thing. I mean, oh, we're talking, yeah, we're that, talking about dude is Iscariot, right? Uh, Being a fake. Yeah. yeah, so that, that's that's part of what um what the verses against false teaching is they're going to act like they're in godliness, but but they're going to come in with deceitful doctrine. So that, yeah, that's mm. that's definitely applicable of how you get people to get on your side is you act like you're on their side and slowly corrupt. Feel like we're talking about Judas Iscariot right now. Uh, we can be in a second, I think. Well, this just sounds like a lot like him because obviously he was a wolf of the group. 
Wolf and Chiefs clothing. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm sorry for the off topic. Usually, so, no, when I'm. You're, you're fine. Usually, when I'm in like a study, I usually tend to jump everywhere. I'm like a squirrel. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, anyone else that wants to ask questions or give a little bit of input? Thank you, Justin. Now, I want to clarify <laughs> there's a difference between someone who pretends to be a Christian and someone who's a lukewarm Christian. I agree. Um, yeah, the... because obviously if we look in Revelations, it talks about how lukewarm, you're neither hot or cold and I spew thee out of thy mouth, mine mouth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now about Judas Iscariot in particular, unbelieving Israelites, which Judas was one of. Yeah. I agree, Theonomy. I've never met you before, but I, I totally agree. So why, Wait, he's deaf. How come when the shepherd says uh, We're gonna get to that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if well, you wanna if your Calvinist bones are smart. aching, we're gonna get to it, man. <laughs> Alright. So do you believe in the one hundred and forty four thousand? No, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. Oh. oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. They are Calvinists though, right? No. Oh. I think the other guys are Jehovah's well, he asked if I believed in the 144,000. Right. Okay. So if there's no further questions on this text, then we are going to continue. I'm not Jehovah's Witness either. I'm Baptist. Good. That is good to know. We are continuing. Okay, go to the bathroom, come back, and hear the word of God. Or bring your phone with you. That is also an option. Also, Hold on, let me get my crusader helmet. Very We're kind, being loving boy. I'm kind of here to the fact that if you start saying things that, like, love you, but, like... Wait, is that Winston talking? No, that's Bradley talking through my microphone. Just any time oh. you speak, know that you're on a pedestal. That right. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> now I'm that that's mod, been said... Uh, don't, don't push... Put you're just in Well, now no one's gonna want to talk anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just gonna stay muted then. Oh like my god! Why? <laughs> it's fun. If uh, I'll follow the I'll follow the Matthew eight like what is it uh like eight through thirteen or whatever policy of disfellowshipping. I'm it's fun. All right, right now, so so mute your mic and chomp away. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's get back to it. Uh oh, Matthew eight. No, ten. John, John 10. 10. Oh, I, I thought I just heard Matthew 8. I'm nah, sorry. John 10, verses 1 through 21. Yep. All right. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to him. One important clarification. Uh, I do not think that Jesus is referring to uh, Old Testament prophets, such as Moses, because of John 5, 6, it says, For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. So all the people who were deceitful before him, uh, they, their, their doctrine didn't last. They're, so like there was just lots of times in Israel where there was deceitful doctrine. They were worshiping idols, and there was just so many large spans of that. So I think that's more what that is focusing on. Um, Jesus says, verse nine. That would have included the apocrypha. Uh, I guess so. Uh, he asked if he if I thought that would have included the apocrypha. Where's a false teaching? The apocrypha is a, a thing from the Catholic Church. Oh. Or, yeah, it's the Catholic Church, right? Uh, it's writings that happened. But, like, they aren't a part of church canonization due to lack of authenticity. I think Catholic. I don't know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, your mic's mic's all the way over here. I don't know. I don't know the Catholic's view on it. All right. But for all intents and purposes, both me and Gustin uh, do not believe that it is scripture. Yeah. But you can learn a couple things from it. Maybe. 
Yeah. And only so, with proper discernment. Only by analyzing it next to... Okay. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So, uh, Jesus is the mediator between God and man. Before, you used to have the tabernacle where people would go into and they would... the a holy cloud would come over them and the high priest would make sacrifices for himself as well as the rest of the people in his tribe. That was the only like kind of direct communication aside from some other instances uh, between like prophets and stuff like that. However, now in this new Testament time, the veil is torn and we go to God through Christ we have salvation and no one else aside from Christ. We are the sheep who hears the Father's call and comes in through the mediator that is Christ's blood. So, that's that first. Um, uh, the, thief, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have, have it, that they might have life or they may have life and have it abundantly. So we've seen this in earlier in John as well of Jesus saying he is the water of life. He's the bread of life. He's all these things of life. And he gives life not only temporarily. This is not the old covenant where sacrifices are temporary and it's not everlasting. We have eternal life in Christ. Faith through Christ gives us eternal life while praising him and glorifying him in heaven. We, yeah. Uh, what is? Amen. Amen. Any questions? Amen. Just amens? Just a get a quick amen all around. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 You know, you know what? I'm just going to say it. Well, guys, we're doing gaming night. I'm gonna Sorry. server mute you, Jack Jack. Not here. <laughs> Wait My till after. So that side of me is Let's coming out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything to add so far, Brad? Okay, that's that's good. That's fair. Um, I think there was where were the other verses? Uh yeah. So I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolves coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. So, Christ laid down his life for us. He laid down a perfect life. His perfect obedience, even unto the cross, to take on sin for us, that is what he laid down. It is no ordinary life. Our normal lives, we cannot make propitiation for other people's sin. And propitiation is essentially like paying the, the, the toll of sin, making something right. Um, so when Christ, uh, when Christ gives propitiation for our sins, that means that he took on the entirety of our sins in exchange for his perfect life. That is something that hasn't ever happened before, and is something that should lead us almost lead us to tears for how much grace we have been given in Christ. That the shepherd will lay lay his life down for us, and that he gives us life abundantly, us undeserving sinners. Yeah, I feel like a lot of us take that for granted, especially as Christians. Yeah, something to so easily look past. It's something that we and have I to like wake the, up every day thinking about. And like to add, this kind of reminds me of the scripture where it talks about how Jesus, while well, the snake will bite him in the foot and then he'll stomp his stomp on its head. Yeah. Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. Very humbling stuff there. Um, Amen. Oh, Amen. It's kind of crazy. That Amen. It's like, obviously we at as a direct Christ's death and resurrection. Follow him. Dying for 
Yeah. The, the, the people, right? Yeah. Right? The John so, 316. Uh, they didn't know that. I mean, they're <clears> kind of figuring it out, maybe. If had their... But it's kind of interesting. Like, I could see why they'd be really... But... What's also really humbling is the fact that God came on Earth, a place so disgusting, and yet he, he, he sat, he ate with... Well, obviously he ate with sinners. He ate with tax, this tax collectors and literally the grossest, the bottom of the society. And the Pharisees asked him, why are you sitting with them? And then Jesus said, I'm just paraphrasing. And Jesus said, does a doctor care to the sick and not people who are well? Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, why didn't they get it? Why were they confused? Good old uh, Andrew coming in with his always nagging questions. Here, before we answer that, go ahead. I heard someone going up. I was going to say, I would like to add, uh, ask, sorry, propitiation. Is that the word you use, correct? Yes, propitiation. That, that in essence, means pays a debt, correct? Like, from the way you're talking, that's what I was getting. Mm-hmm. Christ paid propitiation okay. for our sins. Okay. Let me pull up an exact definition. The action of propitiating or appeasing a God, spirit, or person. The atonement of Christ, especially that, uh, or the atonement, especially that of Jesus Christ. I don't know why it clarifies like okay. that. Yep. Okay. So, okay. That's all. You um, why didn't they get it? Why are they confused? Speaking Andrew. <laughs> uh, um. I'm. They were confused because they do not have the... Um, what's it called? Always nagging. <laughs> this is the dude that leads a different Bible study that we do. They don't have, they don't have a do. solid Christology when yeah. it comes to their Old Testament. This is this is something that, yes, you can probably find it out if you search the scripts and look for it. However, this is like, we're looking at me <laughs> at this in hindsight. Uh, it's, it's, it's so much more difficult. I mean, think of all the times that you denied Christ, even with this hindsight, where you denied and were rebellious to God, sinful, spitting in God's face, the creator of all things, and you're a person of dirt, spitting in his face and saying, no, I don't need you. I mean, it's the same thing. We're butt dust. We're, we're all, yeah, we're all butt dust. And then women are rib dust. So, yeah, it's... Technically, the scripture is we are butt dust. Ah, it's I really see. read as butt dust. We are butt dust. All right. Uh, but that's what I was getting at with the whole like weird I can, in a sense understand that they uh I guess are confused. But then we'll get to the response of some of the Pharisees, some of the people. Oh, you actually keep read it. Still not great. No, I've never read the Bible before. Oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. I didn't mean it. <laughs> All right. Any any more questions before we move on? Uh what's funny is I like how they didn't well Andrew as in scripture or in here. Andrew, he is theonomy. He's one of the dudes who I know in real life. Oh, okay. And I was talking to I his question. About... No, sorry, I, I probably should have made say, that I clarification. I remember a disciple named <laughs> yeah. Andrew. The disciple Andrew out of the Book of Mormon, yeah. All right. Really? No, I don't. I don't know. That was just a joke. What? Sorry. Okay. I, I... Or All right. Was it? All right. I don't know, maybe there's a lot of whack stuff in the Book of Mormon. But we are continuing. This is not a study about the Book of Mormon. Study about the Bible. No. Alright. Um The Bible. Isn't Andrew an apostle though? It's just forget it. Okay. We can, we can, we, can, we can find out later. We're here all night. Come yeah. on, guys. So he flees I am a good shepherd. Wait, which verse I am? I'll just start from verse 11. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolves coming uh, and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Uh, he flees because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for his sheep. False teachers don't give a crap about you. Why would they? They're leading down you, leading you down a false path, which is only at the end your destruction and your demise. They don't care. You know who does care? God. God manifested. One of the persons of the Trinity brought them down to Earth, lived the perfect life, all that stuff over again, and died for you. 
COD cares more than anyone I could name on this earth. Amen. All right. <laughs> Amen's all around. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, so Amen. now we're getting into the kind of uh, Calvinisty stuff part. So you know, let's uh, let's oh let's bear on. No pitchforks. No tomatoes. No nothing. I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. So this is a passage used for the Calvinist doctrine of definite atonement, meaning that Christ died for all that he knew or be going to be called by the Father. So he knows his sheep, the sheep know him, and... The fathers know him. He lays down his life for the sheep. The other term used for them is the elect, since God knows all things and is the one who calls people out. We see that in John, I think that's John 5, John 5 or 6, where the Lord calls them and then Christ holds on to them and never lets them go. That, that is, we're kind of seeing different themes of this again, where, yeah. Anything to add to that? says elect is this jw stuff meaning jehovah witness no a lot of times um other religions like to use christian terms and take it from us the appropriate uh, the elect terms. and things like that that is that is a christian term uh meaning really just those are I guess to go along with this whole metaphor of the flock, Christ. We're going to define the elect as the people who are regenerate, meaning that God has given them a new heart and they are saved by Christ. So, I mean, the, the term elect is used in the Bible uh, many times. Uh, one example, Mark thirteen twenty two, which actually was a verse uh, that I was referring to about false teaching earlier for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray if possible the elect but be on guard I have told you all things beforehand so the elect is used it's just referring to Christians the people who God has called uh, oh you want to know what predestination is too I have bit off more than I can chew all right predestination is Ephesians uh, what, what's the verse Ephesians 2 1 or is Ephesians a different one. Hold on. Let me, let me pull up a, a verse that explains it more clearly because the Bible is better than me. Um, uh, even as each other. Okay. Okay. So it's Ephesians. Uh, let's just go. Ephesians 1. We'll start from 3 and go to. This is a long sentence to 7. Blessed be the God and the Father of Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose, the purpose of his will, to praise to the praise of his glorious grace with which he blessed us in the beloved. So before uh, foundations of the earth, God knew he was who he was going to call and he called them now as that's happening. Um, John fifteen sixteen. you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in name, he may give it to you. All right. So, so I'm not uh, trying to start a predestined versus free will argument here, but would this be a verse then that, uh, could be interpreted as an, in support of predestination? Yes, it, it can be. It, it would be in support of... You know, of Christ dying for the sheep that he knows are being called by the Father. That is how that kind of explanation would go. <clears throat> now, and, go ahead. Can I ask if it, yes, I understand the Bible says hold on, my brain's you know. Okay, so it's saying that he only died for the ones that actually never mind. That's a dumb question. Go ahead. Okay. My bad. If there's no more questions about this and no spears about to be thrown, 
But we can continue on. Anyone is welcome to ask a question. Uh, do you mind if I, like, kind of just say something on this? Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I think about predestination a lot, and something I always come back to is in Job, sort of, well, people will say, you know, God is all-powerful and all-knowing, so he knows where you're going to end up, you know, he knows how your life's going to go, but also you have, like, this free will thing going on that sort of clashes with that idea, and I always think of uh, Job and how uh, Job is like, you know, God, why did you put me through all this hell? I don't understand why you did this and god basically you know like had a mic drop moment and he was like job you didn't create the universe there's no way you can understand you know my vast knowledge of everything you are like but a man and i am god so i think a lot of times we got to take a step back and be like you know we can't logically work through everything and sometimes we're gonna have to accept things it's just you know god says this and we know god is good so we have to believe him on it yeah. And awesome. one one quick Ooh, illustration sorry. I will give that my pastor has given to us in the past uh is predestination and like the calling of the father. It's not like a steamroller that denies your free will. It is uh, so let's put it like this. It's a hot summer day. You're a little kid. You've been playing outside for a bit. And your father comes up to you with your favorite flavor of ice cream. And all he says is come here and eat. No sane child is going to deny that. No sane child is going to say, no, I hate you. I hate ice cream. I hate life. I'm going to go kill myself. No, that's that's not how a child reacts. The child's going to willingly run to his father and accept the calling that his father has given him. But the calling of what is what is actually the calling, what he is offering, is something irresistible. He's offering everlasting joy and love in christ and as humans this kind of goes deeper but no you know no I'll, I'll just stop it right there that is a quick analogy that my pastor has given me before someone wanted to say something before i started that you can you can go ahead if you want to no it's fine that all right very quickly right that now. was me but uh yeah all right. <laughs> we will we will continue. I expected to kind of get into this big can of worms, but it went smoother than it could have gone. It ended in yelling and with with 40 people in one thing. That could have gone a lot worse. If you have any more questions add just my or beyond it. And uh start DMing us. Yeah. And we'll get back to you. Yeah. All right. Uh, verse 16. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also, and they will listen to my voice so that there, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. So, John, this is a primarily Jewish audience going to, that John is writing to. What, why are you saying Justin, Justin, and Justin? This is a primarily Jewish audience that John is writing to. He is saying that there are these sheep, this Jewish brotherhood, who Christ will bring into this covenant and will die for their sins. There are these sheeps, but then there's also all the Gentile sheeps that Christ is going to bring into the world. It's no longer just the these Israelite clans. It's no longer just, like, the Pharisees and those people who, like, the salvation of the Old Testament has run through. Now it's anyone. It's you and me. Unless there's someone who literally has the Jewish bloodline here... Uh, then this statement doesn't apply to you. But we should be ever so freaking grateful that this is a universal covenant that we are able to come into. Because if we are not born in Israel, if we're not a part of this Jewish family, then we we don't have this salvation. There's no way all of us would be able to be in Christ and glorifying him and loving him. Facts. Big facts. Um, Straight facts right here. Do we need to replace amen with big facts? Come on. It, it means... What? Okay. That We're not derailing. <laughs> we'll discuss it later. Uh, next. Next. Big facts. Alright. So... Why is my... <laughs> Why is my own co-lead derailing? <laughs> For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority. I have authority to lay it down, and I have, the, I have authority to take it up again. Uh, this charge I have received from my Father. 
So, there is love between Christ and the Father. Christ is fully obedient onto the cross. This whole plan that has is happening, uh, and you see that it's not just like some catawampus thing that's just like going through. It is this distinct plan. And previously in John, when he was even surrounded by Pharisees, guess what the verse said? It said, no one touched him when he was preaching these things, i.e. saying he is God. No one touched him because his time has not yet come. That is not something that, something that you're just like kind of tossed together. Why would you not take the most convenient thing? No, because it's supposed to be this way. God dictates this plan and what's happening with Christ. They are, they are the same will. They know what is happening with this. Christ is going to lay down his life when it is the proper time to. He has the authority to lay it down when it is the proper time to. And guess what? When he thinks it is the proper time to lay down his life is not different from the Father. They have the same will. They have the same, like, that's something that's been previously said in John. They have the same will in that Christ is obedient to the Father while in the earthly form, or in the earthly manifestation, or uh, what's the word for it? Uh, incarnation. Union? Oh. No, hypostatic union is a different term. Hypostatic union is the the word used for when referring to Christ and his nature of he has a dual nature. He is, has both nature of God and both a nature of man. So he is fully both of those natures at the same time. That concept is known as a hypostatic union. It gets a lot deeper and a lot more complicated and something that's way above my pay grade, God even man. though I don't get paid for. <laughs> yeah, God, man. Um, yeah. Uh. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. That's happened before because of what Christ has said. Um, many of them said he has a demon, also has been said before, and is insane. Why listen to him? He has a demon, has also been said in chapter 9. So, just you know. That, right? You weren't even there. <laughs> <laughs> um, others said these, uh, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. And then others said, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So that's why I gave the context for John 9 at the beginning, because it's directly referring to the miracle that he did. He opened the eyes of a blind man, a dude who's been born blind since death. How can these people be, how can this person be doing these things if he's a demon? How can he be doing these miracles and healing the blind and doing all of these things if he has a demon? That's it. That's all I got. Any questions? So, yeah. Facts. <laughs> so, I know facts. we <laughs> had a lot of different people kind of bring up different topics and whatnot. Kind of threw me off going through many different things. Can you kind of just like summarize basically everything? Because I think I get it all of how okay. where she, he's the shepherd and he's fighting off wolves basically in that kind of phrasing. Okay. I will give you the most words. important takeaway. That Christ is uh, is the sheepfold and the shepherd, or yeah, and their only way that we get to salvation, gets to heaven, is through Christ. We do that through His death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, where He died for our sins and gives us righteousness on His account, where Christ takes all of sin, puts it onto Himself, and suffers the full wrath of God on the cross. That is what this is. This is just the gospel. This is just Christ talking about what is going to happen. He's going to die, but guess what? He's going to come back later. This is... That, that's probably the best way I can put it. This is just the gospel. Okay. This is the good news that's going to happen. Yeah, big facts. Yeah. Big facts. Big facts. Okay, anything else? Before this derails, because I'm going to pray for us. I have a quick question. Okay, so... Go for it. When it talks about the wolf coming for the the sheep when the um the false shepherd is there, who would that be considered? Like in the analogy, is that like the devil or? Uh, it, 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 the wolf in the scenario of the hired hand is that a you who's a hired hand? I mean, I mean, the devil. Evil. I think that's that's also yeah. like okay. uh evil. So that's just generally. 
Yeah, I would say evil. Yeah. Just the general evil okay. of what's going to come. False teachers as well. False teachers. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, definitely, definitely grouped false into false evil, false. all that bad stuff. Uh-huh. It's the general <laughs> All right. Bible preachers on Discord. No, no. <laughs> I gotta go. I think I have a quest. That derailed it. You caught me. That just derailed it. You just okay. right, hey, silence. I got a question. Silence. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so after the prayer, are you going to be sticking around for more questions, or I, I can, or like if you want to individually DM me, I, I'll get back to you eventually. Gaming night. Uh, I do want. Oh, like, like, so got more we're, we're pushing an hour. You. Yeah, yeah. Go, uh, you can DM me if you have more specific questions about me. But if there's no questions about this ver- like verse uh, or passage in general, then I'll pray for us, and then we can end. Thank you. All right. Dear Lord, um, I thank you for this time of us being able to study your word and just learn the gospel more and more every day, Lord. Um, I just thank you for this medium of discord, being able to bring so many people here together uh, and just to hear your word, God, and just to glorify you. Lord, I just pray for... Everyone here, uh, even though there's too many people to take prayer requests, that you know their hearts, and that prayer is that their hearts will line up with your will, Lord, that you will help help them to see you, glorify you, all the things necessary, Lord, in the Christian life. Um, I just pray for the rest of our weeks that we'll be able to read scripture every day, pray every day, and just grow closer to you, God. Thank you for all these things. Thank you for this time, Lord.